everyone, and welcome to the Sojourn College podcast, where we engage in God's Word in a way that transforms us. I'm Kyle, and I'm on staff here at Sojourn College, and uh, Jason is joining us again today. And we're actually going to be switching roles a little bit, um, so Jason will kind of be hosting and directing, and I'll probably be doing a lot of the, the talking today. So anyway, Jason, what's up? What's going on? Not much. You won't probably be doing most of the I, talking. I will. Yes, yes, <laughs> I exactly. will be doing most of the talking. Exactly. But I'm super excited to be here on episode two mm-hmm. of the uh, Soldier on College podcast. And uh, we are still in James, and yep. we are walking through chapter by chapter. Walking through. Again, this is going <clears> along <throat> with our interactive study in the book of James. Yes. Okay. And so wherever you see this podcast, um, you should be able to hit us up and we can shoot you that interactive study Mm -hmm. so you can walk along with us as we dive into the book of James. Okay. Uh, This week we are in chapter two um, and Kyle's going to give us a little bit of an overview, right? So can can you just tell us um, um, how is James writing this? What what does the structure look like of, of this chapter? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so first, I want to credit the uh, pillar New Testament commentary on the book of James. I used it a lot and referenced it, so uh, it's a good reference to use, and I'll be um, using it a lot for what I'm going to be talking through. So uh, I just want to quickly highlight really just how chapter two is structured. Like As you're reading it and as you're engaging with chapter two, um, I think it'll be helpful to notice how James has structured it and how he's communicating really two main points. Uh, so first, the, larger, the first larger section is verses 1 through 12, where James is calling the believers to really align their actions with the gospel, and he commands them to show no partiality, right? And so by by loving the poor and not valuing what the world values, but value um, to align their values with the kingdom of God. Uh, So it's helpful that, um, it's also helpful to remember that James has ended the last section in the chapter by describing what true religion is and how this is a life that sees and lives in light of God's kingdom and not in light of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, So James is continuing to unpack these themes that he's already brought up in chapter one uh, of being doers of the word and not just hearers only. So the second larger section is verses 14 through 26. And this section is really one of the most theologically controversial uh, passages really in all of scripture because of James's apparent contradiction to Mm -hmm. Paul. Um, And we'll unpack that a little bit, but... um, and really get into what is the nature of faith and what is James getting at. And the main idea that he wants to communicate in this section is that faith without works is dead. Uh, and like I said, we're not going to extensively unpack that here, but we'll we'll get to the main idea of what James is, is getting at um, and how he's really making this distinction between genuine faith, uh, a faith that is accompanied by works, and a, a, a fake faith, a bogus faith uh, that is purely uh, really just intellectual and... <clears throat> So yeah, uh, we see this throughout scripture that that those who have placed their faith in Christ and who are born again, who are indwelt by the Spirit, who are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, created in Christ Jesus for good works, these people uh, will ultimately live a life marked by love and by the grace of God because they've experienced this grace. Uh, so James is really just unpacking that by saying in this, lar- in this larger section that faith without works is ultimately dead. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a, a lot there. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot there. So what what part of chapter two are we going to look at today? Yeah, so um, uh, God wants us to hit on this main point that theological affirmation is not equivalent to a life-changing faith in Jesus, hmm. right? And I'm getting that from verses one through five in the first section uh, and then verses 18 through 19 uh, in the second section, right? Yeah, and so uh, just for those listening, it's important 
that we do this James interactive study before we get to the podcast, right? Because yeah, 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 um, you're, you've already been reading through chapter two. You, you're familiar with what it says. And now we just go a little bit deeper and try to apply it in a way um, that that impacts our lives, right? Mm-hmm. That transforms us. So you can continue here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so honestly, I think it would be helpful to listen to this podcast even with your Bible open, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you've just recently studied, you're unpacking it, um, and now open up to James 2 and, and follow along with us. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5 and 18 through 19 uh, to really just hit this main point that uh, faith is really not about assenting to true realities alone, but it's embracing Jesus with your whole life, right? So this is holistic kind of faith. Uh, so yeah, Jason, you can go ahead and, and read those verses for us. Yeah, one, uh, chapter 2, 1 through 5, and then 18 and 19. So 1 through 5. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Mm. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and Mm. heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? Mm. All right, that's verses one through five and then 18 and 19. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Amen. Amen. What would you say is the, is the main point you want us to walk away with today? Yeah. Um, I think the main point is this, that we must align what we believe with what we do um, mm. in our lives. And Yeah. Align what we believe with what we do, and and I think I'm in alignment with what you mean here. <laughs> but can you can you just uh, explain a little bit more? What what are you saying by that? Align what we believe with what we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think James is really confronting this false dichotomy, right? And I think it, it's easy for us to pit uh, faith against works as if these two things oppose one another. Uh, and I think James is really addressing this in his audience, uh, those who think that that salvation by faith is opposed to, to works. Mm-hmm. Um, so James uses, yeah, he uses some illustrations to really hint at this. Um, and it's hard to say whether these were specific things that were happening in the church, right, between the poor man and the rich man who walked into the church. Um, but regardless, um, in his teaching, it's important to know that, that James uh, doesn't always use faith or justification in the same way that Paul does. Um, and and ultimately, he, he's urging us to not see faith and works as these things that are opposed but ultimately that true faith, true love of God, once we realize how much God has loved us, leads to love um, of, our, of our neighbor, ultimately. Um, so yeah, I, I think an example of this, um, of kind of seeing what James means by faith, is in verse 14. And it says this, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Um, and I think it's really important to notice that last part. He says that faith, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So he's making this distinction between these two kinds of faith, right? There's a genuine faith, and then there's a bogus faith. There's a there's a false kind of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think we, we can tend to be uncomfortable with the word works here because I think in our denomination yeah. it can kind of come with this negative connotation yeah. because we typically mean what we mean by works is works that merit righteousness. Yeah, and I think even as we read the Bible and you read through, say, the book of Romans or something, and you, you see Paul talking about this works, but he's dealing with a totally different issue here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, Paul is, is often dealing with people who are on the other side who are like, man, my works merit righteousness, mm-hmm. you know? And James is dealing with uh, totally different people who, who, who are saying, hey, my faith is my faith. I don't need these works. They need to show that my faith is real, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so they're emphasizing these two different things, but often most of the New Testament is written by Paul we're, yeah. we're thinking about, hey, this this works, this merited works uh, righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we see that that James, the kind of, the works that James are, is referring to here is ultimately just loving our neighbor, right? And mm-hmm. none of us would disagree with that. Like, if we truly love God, what does First John say? Then, then you will love your brother, yeah. right? And so, like, James is really in line with the rest of the New Testament teaching on what it means to have faith, a faith that actually changes the way we live, right? So in John, we read that, we're born again mm-hmm. to new life. We're a new creation that this love that God has demonstrated in his son, Christ Jesus, and the righteousness that has been given to us in Christ actually changes the way we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ultimately in Christ Jesus, God has created us for good works, right? Yeah. Ephesians 2.10. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that the way James is unpacking faith here, it, we have to understand he's talking about these two kinds of faith. One that's ultimately a fake faith, a bogus faith, mm-hmm. um, and one that is a true and genuine faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, back back to the question. Uh, James is implying that true faith, right, this true trust and allegiance to Jesus as Lord, as he mentioned in verse 1, um, must be accompanied by a life in submission to Jesus in a way in which we actually see the world as Jesus did and live in light of who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We can't just, Oh, say I believe in Jesus and then nothing about our life shows it. Right. Reflects that. Yeah. 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 I mean that, that, that would never work in any other (laughs) realm of life yet. We want to like adopt that kind of view of the world. Yeah. Um, and beliefs into our faith. Yeah. Um, so yeah, James also speaks, he speaks of the false faith, um, in that's the second set of verses that we read, right. Mm -hmm. Um, by, saying that the demons believe right theology like the demons know who god is in a sense better than better than we do yeah right and yet they tremble Mm -hmm. because they are in direct rebellion against god and they are not submitting themselves to who god is um and they haven't yeah embraced the rule and reign of god yeah and so what what is the call for for us today Mm. yeah so, so that means back back to our main point the call is that we align what we believe with what we do yeah that if we believe that jesus is king that he is lord that he is good that he is god um and that he has saved us then we should now align our lives under his rule and his reign under what he says is good under Mm -hmm. what he says is right uh, and our lives should begin to look like jesus right that's what the word christian means little christ yeah right yeah yeah. (laughs) so And, and, and speaking of that right like like today what does it look like to have a faith uh, without works. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I would say ultimately that would be nominal Christianity, um, mm-hmm. in the word nominal meaning in name only, right? Yeah. So these are people. I mean, in the South, in our context, um, maybe maybe not as much now. It still applies some, but you actually it could benefit you to be a Christian to mm-hmm. use that title in name, yeah. right? Because it's just like, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. We can do business together, yeah. right? It actually yeah. it carries with it this kind of like. Um, there's value apart from the life yeah. <laughs> of being a Christian, yep. right? Um, 
or even and, culturally, it could just be what what you're used to saying. Yeah. And, and yeah. often when we ask people about religion, it, it seems that we're saying um, some something about, hey, what do you believe? But we're not at all implying what. It, how do you live your life? You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And so someone can can honestly answer the question, I am a Christian, but but not at all mean that it impacts their life in any way. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so, yeah, I think we see nominal Christianity all the time, even in our own, com- own communities, mm-hmm. right? And so I think we call to them as well, even in our own communities and community groups, hey, align what you believe with what you do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think it's it's easy to do because we live in an age of distraction, right? So mm-hmm. it's like people just have this default, quote unquote, Christian belief. But honestly, if they're honest with themselves, they probably don't think about it on a regular basis. Yeah. And it doesn't actually change the way they think the way they see the world, the way they live in the world. Yeah, it just it doesn't yeah. affect their yeah. life. <laughs> good, man. Good. Well, that's not good, but I understand yeah. what you're <laughs> saying. Uh, yeah, man. So James draws a, a distinction between this false sense of faith and, and a true sense of faith. And, and you started to talk a little bit about the nature of this true faith and, and the works it produces. But, but let's unpack that a little bit more, right? Like yeah. how should um, uh, what we believe actually be connected to what mm. we do? Yeah, no, that's that's really good. Um, so yeah, the the nature of this true faith and and really what it looks like practically, I, I think it is is what God has really been teaching me through this text uh, this week. Because I think it, it's easy to abstract kind of moral good works from the teaching of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, that's what a lot of what nominal Christianity has done is saying, what does it mean to be a Christian? Don't drink, don't smoke, yeah. don't cuss, you know, yeah. don't do don't do yeah. all these things. Which is really abstracted from the scripture. And it has nothing to do with who Jesus mm-hmm. is and the way he lived his life. Yeah. Um, so for me, connecting, so the nature of this faith is connected to the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? So if we want to see what true faith looks like demonstrated practically in life in terms of what we do, yeah. uh, I think the best place to look is to Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> in the same way that it, for salvation, we look to Jesus. He's the founder of our faith. Our faith rests on him so the outworking of our faith Mm. rests on him in his life and so uh, hebrews tells us that he is the founder and the perfecter of our faith and so jesus um he's more than an example Mm -hmm. right he's god yeah (laughs) but he is not less than an example either right Mm -hmm. he is the god man he perfectly demonstrated for us what it means to truly be human and what it means to live in god's kingdom as a human being um so really, what is the nature of this faith? This faith leads us to live a life that looks like Jesus. Yeah. That's not perfect, but one that is in striving obedience uh, to Jesus and to God's kingdom. Uh, so this faith is first, yes, it is an utter dependence upon Jesus who paid for our sin, who paid our sin debt, and that he is our righteousness. But then this, this dying to ourself also implies a resurrection with Christ so that we now live in him and now to him to be like him yeah right um, and it's all based on jesus it's all based on jesus yeah, yeah. So it's, what what we believe yeah and, with and what, what we do with what we do yeah exactly so it's like if you want to ask what is the nature of this faith what do we believe it's jesus what do we do well we we live like jesus yeah. right yeah yeah that's good <laughs> um, man that's good and so uh can, can you connect that thought that you just had with the passage a little bit more and specifically like, what does this have to do with this whole show no partiality uh, mm-hmm. part that J- that James wants to, it seems mm. like he's emphasizing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's the main theme of verses 1 through 12. And James starts this section off and he says, my brothers, kind of appealing to them as believers, 
um, and follows it with this command to show no partiality. And I would say that another way to think about that word is to not show favoritism, mm-hmm. right? And to, um, to really see people as equal, made in the image of God. And he connects that command to their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, the reason why they are not to show partiality is because it's inconsistent with the one whom they are claiming to follow and submit their lives to. Mm-hmm. Like it's inconsistent with Jesus Christ, who he is and what he came to do and who he says we are uh, in him. And so when I read about the situation of the poor and the rich man who walk mm-hmm. into the church in verses two through four, or even about the person in verse 15 who is lacking clothing and lacking food, I'm not to think to myself, I must do this to merit righteousness, or I must yeah. do this kind of good deed and abstract deed. Rather, mm-hmm. I'm to remember, first thing I'm to do is to remember Jesus, who for my sake became poor, who for my sake was homeless, who for my sake was outcast, who for my sake went hungry, who for my sake was stripped naked, bled, on, bled out his life and died on a cross and was raised to life because he loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that because of this great grace, now I am free to sacrificially love and see the world as he did. So once we see Jesus, that like he is the poor man, you know, he is the person who is hungry. And he says that when we feed the hungry, like mm-hmm. as we do unto the least of these, we do it unto him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when this, this faith, this belief radically changes the way we view other human beings, other people who are poor, we see them as Jesus saw them. Yeah. Um, and as Jesus was for us, yeah. um, because he became poor so that we might become rich yeah. in him. Um, and that man. causes us to sacrificially lay down our lives for other people. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is actually working to align our lives mm, mm-hmm. with, with what we do. Yeah. And when we truly believe that happens, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, so it's like, yeah, we're working out our, 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 our faith. Right. But the Holy Spirit's also working in us. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. And, and when James goes into to this. and he's talking about show no partiality, show no favoritism, it seems like he's really hinting at a a love problem, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And and when we see that at the the end of this section in chapter two, he says that that ultimately they are not fulfilling the law to love their neighbor as themselves. Um, So ultimately this problem isn't about just doing what's right, although that's true. Like it's it's morally right to to serve and to love and to uh, help the poor. But ultimately... Jesus is bringing this back to the two greatest commandments, love God and, yeah. and love others. Um, so, so yeah, ultimately, uh, uh, whenever we're not aligning our life with God, it's, it's, it's a matter of what we love. Like, are we resting in God's love to be freed up to actually love other people yeah. uh, well? So we must, yeah, we must align our faith and allow um, with what we do and, and allow that to change the way we see and live in the world. Yeah, and so we, we see our works as as truly just imitating Jesus, right? Yeah, an outworking yeah. of our love and, and yeah. an outworking of just being made new, mm-hmm. right? And so we see here that um, that James calls out a faith without works as bogus. But mm-hmm. is there a possible works without faith? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's really going to be the bigger question culturally, like for our age going forward, um, because more and more people are rejecting a nominal Christianity and saying, oh, I can have everything that Christianity values. I can have that without Christ as king, mm-hmm. right? And, and I don't think that's ultimately true. I, I, I don't think that's that we can have this, this way of love and this way of seeing the world without Jesus. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately because of God's common grace, because we're all made in the image of God, 
I think people can do good things, mm-hmm. um, but they ultimately won't be the best things because they won't be oriented towards glorifying God. Yeah. They won't be trusting in God's goodness. They won't see people. I mean, if you think about it, it's really problematic from a humanistic worldview to actually believe that every person is valuable, right, and made in the image of God. Because really, you have to build that upon reason alone. But if you think about it, reason can get us to a lot of different places. Yeah. You can reason yourself and use yep. logic and use plenty of things um, to cause a lot of evil and destruction and brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so it's like even our, our, our people's own desire to do good, even apart from believing in God, um, actually proves the point that God is real. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's incredible, man. I, I remember having a conversation with a guy, and um, and, and I'm asking him, "Hey, what what do you believe?" I, I was on the campus at the at the Quills over here by um, U of L, mm-hmm. and there's this master student. I'm saying, "Hey, man, what do you like? What what do you believe?" And he's like, "Man, you know what? I just want to do do good." And I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because, man, if you do good to people, like then it, then like good will be done to you." Right, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where are you getting this ethic? Yeah, like where'd you where'd you pull and this it, from? And what is good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the thing is that man, he doesn't even know why he wants to do good. Mm-hmm. He has it's rooted in nowhere, and he can't even find where that is in, inside himself. Yeah. But he's searching in some some in some way, right? Yeah, and, and that's because man, God put that in us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think we'll see too that like so many of these people in our culture who have deconstructed their faith, the new ethic that they're building, they're building it upon. A Christian worldview yeah like they're building it upon the image of God that all people are created equal in God's yep. image and that all people have this inherent value and mm-hmm. worth it's like that is utterly Christian yeah where right? are you getting that from <laughs> yeah 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 and that we're called to like love people as we love ourselves yeah you know um, yeah man so many of those ideas are radically I know Christian. it's like hey treat people as you want to be treated yeah okay where'd you get that yeah 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 <laughs> you got that from the Bible dude yeah uh, I get that man and, and so um, as we think about these things, as we walk through um, James 2, what are some things that you think that we should walk away with? Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think ultimately, um, just hit, to hit the main point one more time, that we are called to align what we believe um, with what we do. And that one possible application of that, uh, particularly now in light of this epidemic, is that as you, as you see people struggling, um, help them. Help them sacrificially. Um, give a roll of toilet paper, right? Yeah. And that's the ongoing joke. But um, but even those small acts of kindness um, can be can demonstrate um, God's love to other people and can be a sacrifice. Um, so it's hard to say exactly what it looks like, but just whatever opportunities arise uh, with your neighbors and with those around you um, amidst this time of social distancing, just sacrificially love people um as you rest in the love of god as you you live and as in god empowers you by his spirit to love other people yeah Um, yeah god loves us we 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 wrestle with that we are encouraged by that mm -hmm. and and that frees us up and encourages us to love other people Mm -hmm. um and and if we were to just walk away with just a couple of questions Mm -hmm. um what, what are some questions that that uh people can be asking themselves um, to, to kind of apply this to themselves. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I would say the first question, um, and we're going to be posting these also on the Slack um, in the James study. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the first question is this, what what is the way you live and the way you love people say about what you believe? Um, I know that's kind of a, can, it's a wordy question, but what does the way you live and the way you love people 
say about what you believe. Uh, so an example of this in this text would be partiality. Uh, are you showing favoritism to people mm. who look like you, who act like you, people who uh, share the same socioeconomic status as mm. you? Are, are you um, tempted to, to shun or to turn your cheek away from uh, the homeless and people who, yeah, who don't look like you? And so um, just yeah. a, a time for examination about your life and, and does the way you live align with um, who God is and who he says you are. Yeah, and what you believe. What you believe. Yeah, what about another question? Um, Number two, uh, when we reflect on God's love for us, that frees us up and encourages us to be obedient with works. Um, So what is a promise or verse that I can memorize from God's word that helps me remember God's love and encourages me in obedience? And then once you get that verse, um, post it in the... uh, Hashtag James Group Study Slack, yeah. or you can um, you can post it in the Grames Group Study, or the Grames <laughs> the Group the, Study, the, the, Gra- the Grames Jupe Study. <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead and post it in there um, whenever you get that verse, and, uh, and and yeah, let's let's talk through this. Yeah, um, the the Word of God encourages us to be a community that's built on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Let the Word of God dwell in us richly right as the book of colossians says so let's do that we could do that through our slack and uh and our staff are here for you um assuming that you are a student (laughs) (laughs) yeah but our staff are here for you we're here for all people too i guess uh so so hit us up contact us and uh we look to connect with you and uh and and we pray that you are enjoying these podcasts that that really help us just go deeper into the word of god Mm -hmm. as we study it together Right. You have any uh, closing remarks for our people? Nope. That's that's it. Thanks for listening, y'all. And um, be looking out for the next episode. Yeah. Be looking out for the next episode of the Sojourn College Podcast, where we engage in God's word in a way that transforms us. Take care.